Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. Wow! For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs> You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network, as we are here to start a brand new show that we uh, fully commit to committing to for at least two months, because that's how long it's going to take to get through it. Uh, we are talking about Scott Pilgrim takes off the uh, anime series based on Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the movie, which is based on Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the graphic novel series. Which is uh, at the time you're hearing this in its 20th year. It's I, I I kept looking for Scott Pilgrim anniversaries and completely by fluke didn't even realize it's the 20th anniversary of when the books first came out. So uh, we're here to cover the animated series um, and uh, this episode, along with all other eight episodes or all other seven episodes, aired on November 17th in 2023, which uh, is a day famous for in 2012. Colin and Jamie getting married. So this is how we spent her anniversary was watching the first few episodes of Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Uh, she's not here right now. I do have a special guest, though, who uh, we're going to be reversing roles from um, uh, was a total drama that we did a couple of years ago. Uh, so it'll be slightly different here. Uh, but let's get into it. My name is Colin. And fun fact, I'm 16 kinds of pumped to talk about Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. And uh, my name is Rossi, and I, too, am a sex bomb mom. <laughs> <laughs> This is uh, this is fantastic because we're talking about Scott Pilgrim, but uh, even better, you actually mentioned to me about covering the show, which is funny because when the months were leading up to this coming out and everything, uh, I'm like a massive fan. You know, the, the movie made my uh, favorite movies of all time. Uh, I, I've basically been looking for excuses. And we, by the way, for anybody who's listening, we will be covering the movie later in the year in our sitting upright after a nightmare month, uh, which is our plot keyword month of the year. Uh, which we luckily you're drew. really pulling for the bottom of the barrel here. Like. We are. Yes. <laughs> We're just looking for that one brilliant graphic. But uh, when this series came out uh, back in November, the original plan was Jamie and I were going to do it. But of course, I got sick uh, the week that it aired. Uh, and so uh, a couple months passes. And then Rossi, you suggest we cover this uh, from a completely different point of view. Me, who has read and consumed everything Scott Pilgrim, you, you who knows nothing about it. And of course, I get sick the week we're going to start recording, but I'm going to power through it anyways because we have to get it done now. But uh, uh, tell me, any exposure outside of me mentioning Scott Pilgrim versus the world to you, maybe seeing a couple clips, anything you know about this coming into episode one, which is really breaking your Scott Pilgrim virginity like I broke my total drama virginity years ago? Um, well, first of all, I'm really hoping for not another Smallville situation. Um for people who listen to that, I knew nothing about Smallville and clearly missed the plot. I'm hoping that I understand the plot. Halfway through one. an episode, it was like, I just realized that this is supposed to be Superman. Um, I feel like the concept of this show is a lot easier, or slash the, the universe of this is a lot easier. It's very much grounded in existing things. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I'm hoping that we won't have this situation. Um, <laughs> but in terms of what I know, I know very little. Um, and the reason I even suggested it is because I like watching anime and I even suggested doing it. And you're like, absolutely not. We're never covering that kind of stuff here. <laughs> um, and then you're like, well, Jamie might talk about Sailor Moon, but like, that's the extent of the coverage. And I saw this and I was like, Colin talks about it so much. This will get me to actually watch it and care about this universe, this story, whatever. So that's kind of my initial reason why I even pitched it to you. Um, but just to cover my, like, what I know, I know Michael Sarah's in it. Um, I know the name Ramona Flowers because you talked about in our, was it 10 Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane? Lane? Yeah. She's like, that's Ramona Flowers. Every time I saw her, I was like, oh, Ramona Flowers. Um, and then I know that scene where like the character jumps out the window. Oh, yeah. Like, when he, like, oh, yeah. He's not here. But like they kept panning to the wrong point. And, yeah. Like, you see the, like, and that's the extent. So in the first episode, when they were in that like wood paneled apartment or whatever, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I know that place. Yeah. Uh, and that's the extent of what I know. Like, this could have been set in the 1920s. I wouldn't have known. This could have been a future. Se- like, it really could have been anything. It could have been I, set on 10 Cloverfield Lane and you wouldn't have known. It might even be. We don't know. I mean, it could be one of those, you know, Cloverfield universe stories where it <laughs> connects to something else. But yeah, I, I knew very little going in. Like, I didn't. I knew Scott Pilgrim and Ramona Flower character names. Like, everything else has is, is been new to me. Uh, I'm I'm going to try to contain myself because uh, the interesting thing about this is that, I mean, I have a wealth of knowledge, but the, the treat that we're going to have is that outside of this first episode we're talking about today, nothing else here really exists in the movie or the comics. I mean, what we're, what we're, well, we'll get to it more on the end, but uh, uh, what we're looking at with this series is kind of something completely different. And I didn't know that going in. I think a lot of people didn't know that. And initially when this came out, there was a little bit of mixed reaction where some people were like, oh, I was really expecting, you know, a animated Scott Pilgrim. It's like, well, you've already got the books. You've got a video game. You got uh, the, the the movie and everything. Uh, and th- the fact is the movie adapted so close to the book. Like I have the books and I actually reread volume one, which is the only one that's directly adapted in this animated series uh, the other day. And uh, I mean, they, they follow both in the movie and this, they followed almost word for word. I mean, the apartment looks exactly the same. Like, like it, everything about the layout and everything. Uh, and, and so much of this, I mean, Brian Lee O'Malley, who wrote this uh, back in 2004, some of this he took from his actual life growing up. Uh, not that he was fighting people for uh, a, a evil exes for a girlfriend or ever, but the environment and everything. I mean, this is, it is very Canadian. The interesting thing about this is, I mean, you say you're, you're into anime. Jamie, I'm sure we'll get Jamie on here at some point uh, in the next seven weeks now uh, to talk about this because she loves Scott Pilgrim as well. She loves anime. I don't really watch anime at all. I watch this because it's Scott Pilgrim, and, and I love it. If all anime was as good as this, I would watch all anime, uh, but sadly it isn't. By the way, uh, speaking of anime, there's this movie called The Boy and the Heron that came out that's like was really big. Jamie took me to see that. And I, I was really excited at first because she's like, Christian Bale does one of the voices in it. So does Mark Hamill. And I'm like, oh, fine. I'll see it for Christian Bale and Mark Hamill. We get in there and there's two versions of this movie that's playing in theaters right now. And we got the Japanese subtitle version. So I didn't even get to hear Christian Bale or Mark Hamill. So she owes me now. I don't know. I'll have to wait for the next Michael Sarah movie to come out or something. Uh, but uh, uh, quick, quick impressions after watching episode one. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, a uh, quick thing I want to ask, speaking of, uh, what you just talked about with the boy and the heron. Um, so I'm assuming you watched this in English. Scott Pilgrim in English. Yes, I did. Yeah. I I chose to not. Oh, you watched so the I, Japanese I'm watching as this a purist. In Japanese. 
<laughs> oh, no, 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 not even as a purist. Cause I guess one of my issues, not issues. Cause, cause I can't, I guess I can't really have an issue in something I've never seen, but something that like Michael Sarah to me is Michael Sarah in everything. Yes. Like there is no actor. Like he was in the Barbie movie, but that's just Michael Sarah in the movie. Oh, he you know was the I'm best saying? thing in the Barbie movie. I'm not saying issue, but like, it's not an acted character. It's just mm. Michael Sarah. So I was like, I really don't want to watch like a Michael's. I don't know. There's just something about like, I just wanted to separate that. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm like, I'm only going to picture like he was, he's Scott, right? Yeah. He's Scott. Pilgrim. Okay. Like I can't like unthink of him as the character. So I want to like separate like this existing thing from him. Well, Does that makes sense. There goes half of my notes because I mean, this, this is an all-star cast. I mean, the, the exciting thing about this is that when this was announced, I think less than a year ago, uh, Edgar Wright, who made the movie, it was, of course, the same guy who made Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Baby Driver, like big time director. Uh, despite the fact Scott Pilgrim was probably the least financially successful movie he ever made, it is still his favorite movie he's ever made. And uh, this came about because he got together with Brian Lee O'Malley and said, why don't we make an animated series out of this? And he's like, I could probably get the whole cast back because when this movie was being made, they had a group chat which had the entire cast and crew, an email chain that apparently still, what, 15 years later after they made this movie is still active. So when Edgar Wright said, we want to do a Scott Pilgrim animated series, he didn't go through any agents. He literally just sent an email to this email group. And within three hours, every single person said yes. I mean, when you look at the roster of people, big names who are in this now, I mean, Michael Sarah still fairly big name. Uh, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I mean, she's gone on to do the DC movies and everything. Um, Fargo, uh, the, the Mandalorian now, or, or Ahsoka. I don't know if she was a Mandalorian. She's definitely an Ahsoka. Uh, Chris Evans, Captain America, Brie Larson, Academy Award winner. Uh, Brandon Routh, he was Superman and everything. Aubrey Plaza, that, that, that's one thing that I'm going to be disappointed with because there's a character in here voiced by uh, a Parks and Recreation actor we've already talked about. I'm wondering, but... can we play a game where I guess who's yes. supposed to be who? Because yeah. um, I'm, I'm very interested to see, like, I don't quite know, like, I, I can't pick out, like, in my head, the Aubrey Plaza character, like, because like I it, see, it should like, be April obvious, Lynch. but oh. it might be more obvious in a couple episodes. So I don't okay. know. Maybe I'll, I'll withhold it. Uh, that that'll be a fun game. I'll withhold it until you guess something right. Because I I did see the names in the intro. Like it gave me the English. It still includes names the credits. In the yeah, yeah. Um. So like I sort I saw oh Chris Evans obviously like I saw that, but then I didn't hear hear any of that. Mm -hmm. um, All right. Well, you know, I knew you know would... Michael Sarah. <laughs> yes, but that that's the reason why I wanted to like separate not do the English because I'm like I already you know I I just I don't know I just wanted to see the new version mm -hmm. and also for covering it it makes more sense for you to you know to have well, both sides of the story yeah we're getting every perspective somebody who knows scott pilgrim somebody who doesn't somebody yeah. who listens in english somebody who doesn't so yeah. we're, we're gonna have two completely different recaps here uh let's get into it uh i could really break this up into two sections here uh so uh the first section it basically starts right away with uh scott pilgrim in a dream uh he's in the middle of a desert he's talking about how lonely he is and then you see ramona flowers rollerblading past him uh and he wakes up uh and we have those bubbles which come up and this is something straight out of the comics where it's a scott pilgrim 23 years old and the bubble says he just woke up is what the the, the caption is uh and then you get his cool gay roommate wallace wells uh so uh are you gonna have your first guess here as to who plays wallace wells look at this ca cast if you can without spoiling yeah. the characters um, I, I the, keep talking. I'll pull up the list. You pull up the list, but, but um, if the list, let's hopefully it doesn't spoil it. But uh, 
everybody plays the same characters they played in it. Uh, Wallace's roommate, uh, they, they go through the apartment here again, straight out of the comic, straight out of the movie, as uh, they're talking about, oh, you just crashed here one day and you never left. They're sleeping in the same bed and everything. So it's scanning through the apartment here, showing everything is Wallace's coat rack, Wallace's bed, Wallace. And then it's like uh, coat on coat rack, Scott. Um, uh, clothes on the floor, Scott. Those are the only things that are his. Uh, we uh, get to the the first practice of sex bob I mean, this is a Super Mario reference. I mean, Scott Pilgrim is loaded with a bunch of like, particularly like old 8-bit video game references. We'll get a Sonic a Hedgehog one here. This uh, bob is obviously from Mario, which I'm sure Casper could tell you. Uh, but uh, they're going through their practice and um, uh, we get uh, the introduction to two major characters here, uh, particularly one who's a major character in all Scott Pilgrim and one that isn't. So Knives, Knives Chow, which is Scott's high school, high schooler that he's dating or kind of dating, his fake high school girlfriend, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and we get young Neil, which uh, uh, I don't know if, if this would go over your head or whatever. Maybe maybe it's a Canadian thing, but young Neil being a play on Neil Young, if you're familiar with Neil Young, the singer. Uh, I think we talked about that on Amazing Race Canada, potentially. Yeah. So, yeah that sounds somewhat familiar. Neil Young, the most probably the most famous musician to ever come out of Winnipeg. Um, but uh, uh, also the, the flip side of that is he's living with the leader of the band, Stephen Stills. Stephen Stills being one of the guys in the, the 60s group Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, which had Neil Young in it. So there's a lot of little uh, things like that in here. Uh, they're going through the band practice. Uh, Knives. Now, uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> you're gonna take a while because so our game here is I've sent you pictures of the actors' yeah. names with their faces. Some of them mm -hmm. you recognize, some you don't. Uh, and I'm gonna. I want you to take a wild guess who's playing Knives Chow here in this. I could only guess. Um, well, I don't know if it's like how like literal they are like with the characterization because this is supposed they were they were the characters in live action. These right? are the same ones who play the live action characters. I can only guess that like the almost Asian coded character might be the Asian character. There you so. go. I'm guessing Ellen Wong. Ellen Wong plays that. Now, now she's actually gone to do a couple of things. She was in like, um, there was a Sex in the City prequel series that Jamie made me watch like the first season of, which was horrible. She was in that. She was in The Glow. Hey, which really? Like, Dumping on Jamie. She made me watch this stupid movie. Oh, she, she makes me watch, watch tons of terrible stuff. One of these days, she'll actually live up to the things that I say I want to make her watch. Uh, but Ellen Wong was also in a Canadian show called Dark Matter, which is a really good sci-fi show. And then uh, uh, the, the Netflix uh, uh, series about women's wrestling, Glow. Um, but other than that, she really hasn't done much. But I mean, she's she's brilliant in the movie. She's brilliant here. She does this wow. Whenever she's amazed, it's like this voice quiver, like wow, which is just amazing, which they work into here. Uh, so uh, she she basically proclaims them as the best band of all time. And it's like, no, we're really not. And then Steven, the band leader, is like, well, maybe she's on to something here. Uh, we go to uh, the party um, where, which is at, uh, so, so this is a character named Julie Powers. That is um, a character that is a more minor character in the movie. It appears a couple of times, but uh, we'll get more development in this. Uh, so take a wild guess as to who plays Julie Powers of this cast. Well, when I saw it, I thought that, um, she, like, because I thought that when I first met her, I don't know, she had that anger energy. So I first thought that was the Aubrey Plaza character. You nailed it. There you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's why okay. I said it, it should be obvious. <laughs> and it's just like when she's like, I forbid you to date Scott. Yeah. Like, they, or for uh, date Ramona. Like, I, I just had that angry April led That energy. very April. Yeah. April delivery. Uh, so uh, he does find Ramona at the party. Uh, and when Ramona comes up, you get the, the bubble coming up. Ramona, age unknown. Fun fact, she might be real because Scott thinks she's imaginary at this point. He goes up and he introduces himself to her. Now, this is uh, 
the same conversation that takes place in both the comics sort of and the uh the the movie the movie actually has him talking about pac-man here he's talking about sonic the hedgehog now i don't know if you get the reference here uh where he's talking about did you know that in sonic the hedgehog there were two different cartoons in the 90s one which was very dark and one which was you know for kids or whatever but the same actor played the role in both did you get the reasoning for that reference there I just thought it was awkward nerd chat. <laughs> it, it's it well, it is, but then the, the added part of that is that you have Michael Sarah literally playing the same character in both you know an animated series and then the movie. Uh, yeah. so they're kind of playing on that as well. Um, so she's very unimpressed by him. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, this is where uh, Julie says, I forbid you to date Ramona Flowers or whatever. Uh, and her thought bubble comes up with Scott. Uh, uh, she, she thinks Scott sucks. Uh, and when he's trying to find out who she is, he holds up this picture, which is like, do you know a girl who has hair like this? Now, that's uh, from the movie. But in the movie, he actually draws like a cartoon of her hair. And then uh, somebody's like immediately, yeah, that's Ramona Flowers or whatever. Uh, in the book, this is a little Easter egg that most I didn't even find this on the trivia on the wiki page for this. But uh, uh, in, in the in the book, he actually references those, these weird shoes she's wearing. And when you do pan down, when he first stands next to her, you see her wearing those same weird shoes, which is something that like you have to look really closely to actually notice. Um so they find out she delivers DVDs for Netflix. Now, in the book and in the movie, she was an Amazon delivery girl. Uh, keep keep in mind that book came out in 2004. This is obviously supposed to take place in 2004. So now she's delivering DVDs for Netflix. And obviously, they didn't want to have an Amazon promotion, uh, probably the number one rival for Netflix in a Netflix series. This is the one thing I was like, this has to be an altered change. Uh, yeah. Just because I'm like, Netflix is producing this show. There's, it it yeah, just exactly. feels right. Like, that was the one time I'm like, okay. And and this was the only thing that I thought I was like, if there's changes, like that was that was what cued me in on. Oh, there might be changes from the original story. Yeah, is when they're like, oh, she's a net. I'm like, okay, product and, placement for your own thing. And of course, Amazon, something they're not going to reference on here, but it almost makes it better because this is supposed to take place like in the early to mid 2000s, like when it was written. So it, it makes total sense that she would be doing something that was like lost in the past. The DVD delivery from Netflix, which is really how Netflix started. Um, I never got DVD delivery from Netflix. Uh, I, I don't even know if that was a thing here in Canada, but uh, uh, apparently it was because Scott Pilgrim takes off, tells us it well, is. Well, she brought it from New York, so that's why that's it's right. This, thing the now. Americans brought it, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so he's trying to order, uh, and uh, Wallace mentions here that he's racked up too many late fees at the video store, which is something that's going to play out in a future episode. We're going to uh, see a little bit more about this video store. Uh, and then, so he's searching what movie should I look for, and Wallace says something with a hot guy. Uh, so he just <laughs> searches hot guy and <laughs> nothing's coming up. You got to be more specific. Who's who's the hot guy should look for? And he mentioned Lucas Lee. Uh, we haven't got introduced to Lucas Lee yet, but uh, when we get to that episode, you can take a guess on who he is as well. Uh, but this is a character, Lucas Lee, he's he's searching for who will be in the show. Uh, so they have all these movies that he's in, these these cheesy action movies. I love the, the one he settles on. The game is over too. He goes, it's over a second time. That sounds fun. Uh, so, uh, Ramona eventually shows up like what, two days later, whatever. He's just sitting at the door waiting, drops off his DVDs. She thinks that he's Wallace. Uh, and then he explains, no, I'm Scott Pilgrim. Wallace is my cool gay roommate. As he always introduces him. Uh, and she explains, he just lets me use his credit cards. Oh, so he's your sugar daddy. Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, she explains that, uh, when he says, are, are you real? Uh, I, you know, I, I see you in my dreams or whatever. And this is where she's like, oh yeah, you're that guy. There's this convenient subspace highway that runs through your mind. Uh, and then she says something about going three miles in 15 seconds or whatever. 
Uh, and uh, I guess you don't have those up in Canada, which is a hilarious reference that like Americans would have like this whole world with like magical doors they could go through <laughs> and subspace highways. Um, but the, the reason Scott Pilgrim doesn't get is, get is because it's in miles and not kilometers. Uh, so he asks her out. She decides to go out with him. Uh, I love the way he pitches it here. This was my alternate opening line about uh, it doesn't have to be a date. It could be like a low key team up Canada and America joining forces. That's, that's us here on the podcast, right? <laughs> Yeah, it, it literally is our story. Just uh, <laughs> exactly. <edited for> <laughs> uh, so uh, we, we get their their date or whatever. Uh, he's wearing this jacket with an X on it, and <laughs> the brilliant delivery that Michael Sarah has here, which you would have gotten the Japanese version uh, of when. And I'm sure the Japanese one was hilarious as well when she's asking, "What's the X for?" He goes, "Well, apparently you've never been to uh, Professor Xavier's school for the gifted." And she's like, "Is that a Sonic the Hedgehog reference?" <laughs> and he's like, "Sonic the Hedgehog, no." <laughs> Uh, so, uh, she quickly drops the name Gideon, who's a character who's going to factor into this, which we'll get introduced to, uh, right away. Gideon gets introduced here. We see a guy, sinister guy watching a video wall, uh, with, with all, all the darkness and red screens and everything. And he's spying on Ramona's life. Are you going to take a wild guess as to who plays Gideon out of the, okay. the cast here? Um, oh, I don't know. We got five. Four, three, I don't know. two. I don't know. My 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 gut instinct well, well, was um, Brandon Routh. Okay. But. Well, that will be incorrect, but I'll, I'll give you another guess when we get to episode two. We'll see how many episodes it takes for oh, you to gosh. guess. Okay. Uh, all right. So Gideon uh, is introduced here, uh, and then he just says, bring me Matthew Patel. Uh, then we get a giant snowstorm, and then uh, she says, don't worry. There's like a door over here. They float towards this door. The door takes them straight into her apartment. Uh, and he, he says something here about him being cold and innocent. Uh, and, uh, so she makes him tea, uh, the, the tea that they're drinking here, sleepy time team is the exact same tea from the comics and in the movie the, the, the comics and the movie have a much more elaborate thing, uh, which, uh, when we get to the movie, we'll actually see, uh, the great joke around that one. Uh, and then, uh, he walks in on her changing in the, um, uh, the bedroom, which uh, this is amazing. This is almost shot for shot from the comic. Like when I read the comic history, I'm like, they literally duplicate every single shot in both the movie and the animated series. Uh, every single line's exactly the same. Uh, and <laughs> his smooth line here, is that the blanket that you were going to bring to get warm with? Yeah. It's like, well, it's on the bed. Why don't we just both get under it under the bed or on the bed? And <laughs> uh, that's what they do. And then uh, we get another uh, scene here uh, where she says that uh, she's decided not to have sex with him. Uh, and he's saying, oh, yeah, that's fine. I wasn't really interested in it anyways. Uh, then we get uh, Matthew Patel coming to meet Gideon. So this is the first forming of the, the evil exes. Uh, now, now, this is something that like, Anytime I watch anything that's American, like this is the dead giveaway that it is not made for a Canadian audience, uh, is, is when Gideon refers to it as Toronto, Canada. Because I mean, we don't call it Toronto, Canada here in Canada. We'd call it Toronto or Toronto, Ontario. Uh, but it, it would kind of be like, I don't know, like referring to New York, United States of America, as opposed to saying New York, New York, or Los Angeles, United States of America. To Canadians, it sounds weird. Uh, but uh, they mentioned that he's in an indie band of subjective quality. This is the running gag that their band's actually really bad. Uh, and that he's dating a high schooler, and this is like, oh, he's evil. Uh, so uh, let's cap it there. Anything you want to cover in like the first half of the the, the episode here? Um, well, I was surprised at how much I like this the the first episode. Um, I did. I, I came in with no ideas about what it would be or what it's about. So I, I but I was surprised at how much I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, and some of the things that you don't need. But I really liked the like pauses, like the pause screen with the like 
infographic of who yeah. they are. Like this guy, he's 23, whatever. Like I loved all of that. It helped me like, I don't know, just understand everyone. Like in the little fun fact of like, oh, dating um, Scott, like the 17 year old girl that's dating Scott or, or like a gay, cool gay roommate and stuff like that. That was just like a really cool, I liked having that. And all the little like cute cutaways, like at the very beginning when they're explaining the situation of like Scott just crashed there one night and then never left. Mm-hmm. And like all of his stuff is like, tagged Wallace like they're doing the thought bubbles of everything belonging to Wallace uh, I just I thought that there was a lot of fun and charm to it so I I, I really enjoyed it and the characters were fun I, I mean obviously I'm not picking up on the like the coolness of hearing them back to their original but I thought that they were all great like I thought that the the the, the dialogue and everything was really fun and uh Knives is a super cute character I really enjoyed her so far um and I didn't realize this was so Canadian. Like that was oh, another thing I was Canadian. surprised. I didn't know it was like, I know you talked about it, but I just was like, oh, it just must be an interest of yours and not, oh, like this is like corner gas. It's like big deal to you yeah, because it's Canadian. Uh, so like when they, they were like, they kept referring to it in Toronto, I was like, oh, okay. And like the fact that she's from New York, it was just a lot of like, a lot of information that I wasn't expecting. Um. And then one thing I liked that, like, I guess it's hard for you to understand, but because I wasn't hearing Michael Sarah throughout it, I was like, this character is so charismatic. Like, Scott is so charming. Like, whereas I felt like if I listened to Michael Sarah do it, it would have been, like, so awkward. And I don't know what, what the Scott Pilgrim character was intended to be. But I thought like at the end, like when he's like, oh, is that your blanket? Like maybe we could just stay there instead of you bring like that felt so like almost like sexy and charming. Mm-hmm. Whereas I felt like if Michael Sarah was doing it, it'd be like, um, is that like, your, your, your blank? Maybe we should just stay there. Like it just <laughs> felt like it would have been so awkward if it was him that like even the awkward nerdiness of the character like reads as more charming as opposed to like socially like inept. I don't know that that that's just how I felt about it. It's funny you say that because this is something where, where the languages are giving us different perspectives. Cause I mean, he does deliver it kind of as like a little bit nerdy and everything. Uh, I will say Michael Sarah nails the character. Like the character is very much like a Michael Sarah. Uh, with uh, a couple of exceptions. I mean, I, I think the one thing, what Michael Sarah brings, he brings a little bit of the sadness to Scott Pilgrim because uh, it is in, in the books, they get a lot more into the relationship stuff in the books. And you realize that it's a little bit deep at times. Um, and and I don't know if you could have gotten an actor who could have been as physical and as commanding, you know, as what your typical superhero actor that might've been a little bit more Scott Pilgrim light and still brought the sadness. I think what Michael Sarah brings is the sadness, but I'm actually curious to watch this now in Japanese uh, just to see the differences in the characters. Um, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I, th- I would say wait to the end just so I can get, cause like, I'm oh, it's so not going to be during this rewatch. <laughs> you know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, I'm just you're you're you were describing knives, and I'm like, okay, I kind of get that energy from what, like, you were saying, like, she in in my verse, she was very hyperactive, very like, mm-hmm. like she was scream, like ah, like when she was at the event, like later on, like yeah. So like there, like I think like that's very similar. I was just felt like if I heard Michael Sarah delivering some of these lines in my head, like from what I could picture it would have been less like it would have been more awkward 
there is a brilliance but, but I, to what Michael Sarah does in the movie. I will say that. Like, I, I hope that you can watch the movie because he really isn't. I mean, he's not that much different other than the fact that, like, I think it is the best thing Michael Sarah has ever been in. I mean, imagine Arrested Development or Juno if he had more energy, if he if brilliant comic timing and had the ability to fight scenes. Michael Sarah doing fight scenes is actually a lot more impressive than you would think. Yeah, I mean, I'll see. I'll be like, at the end, I'll see how I feel about like this character. I mean, I'm only one episode in. So we'll see. Like, I've only seen the one episode. I don't know what happens beyond this. Like, and pretty much outside of seeing that scene in the apartment where he jumps out the window. Like, I know nothing <laughs> about what's coming up next. Uh, so I'll be interested. Uh, but just in terms of the rest of what we talked about, um, the whole scene of him renting the DVD was like very funny to me of like the uh, something with a hot guy and then he types <laughs> hot guy. Like, that's very funny. And like the fact that he's like, I'll just wait here. And then he waits and waits like it's yeah. like a whole day passes <laughs> and everything um and then we also get like the whole thing of like he's got to break up with knives because mm-hmm. he's like oh i'm now technically seeing ramona even though they, all they did was like kiss if, a little bit yeah from what we've saw, seen which is so, more like, than he's thinking. done with knives <laughs> uh, yeah is it uh, i guess if it spoils things don't say it but is it fake or is it just like oh he's just dating her like like, what's the like yeah, it's it, it's tough to say i mean okay don't, it, don't spoil it, it. They hand, he... well i'll just say this they handle it very delicately for a 23 year old man with a 17 year old girl it's kept innocent enough but like they do they do make him accountable to a certain degree it's like yeah but in her mind you're still dating you know i, I think it comes down to what what he says because he kind of says in this episode oh she's not really my girlfriend you know she's just kind of my girlfriend i think that's what he says right uh, I mean, he's we'll get into in future episodes why he's so desperate to have anybody, even if it's a high schooler, which is going to be kind of fun. OK, OK. I don't want to spoil it too much. I was just like, I didn't know if it was like fake thing just so he could have something or, or what. Um, yeah, it's very complicated. I'll say this in both the books and the the movie knives, hands down my favorite character. Like like she is so brilliant and, and probably the one of the most unusual characters the character arc you get out of her is like it's very drastic. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you'll, you'll get, it's, it's very hard to separate because what you get out of this series is very different from what you get in the other one, but yet it still finds a way to cover all the bases just in like a completely different direction. So after like she answers the door, actually answers the door, I was like, no, this isn't the scene when he jumped to the window. Um, but I, I was just like a little confused at this point of what was going on because I didn't know how much of the. I don't know how, obviously I don't know the original, so I don't know how much of the, like, um, the story plays in his mind. Because the first thing that we mm. see is his dream of her. Yeah. And then he, like, asked her on the date and, like, they have the funny exchange of, like, oh, is that, like, a Sonic thing and all this year, the Sonic guy and everything. Like, that was funny. But I'm like, is this, like, at a certain point on the date, I'm like, oh, my God, is this still, is he sitting still in the apartment and just, like, <laughs> fell asleep and now he's dreaming that he's on a date with her? Like, I didn't know what the direction was going in. And the fact that the Gideon was like spying on them in some, I don't know how, but he was like spying on them. And then there's Matthew, like, they're all like watching this and they're like, what's the information on this new guy? He's in like a crummy band. And like, I just didn't know if that was all real. And so I was like confused. Like, is this an anime-ism of the show? Is the show naturally like this? It left me a lot of questions about what, was real and what wasn't um because when they like 
like when they kiss or when they pan out and they show the kiss and I'm like, Oh no, none of this is real. Like this is all in his head. And I didn't know if that was a part of the Scott Pilgrim character or what, but it was very confusing from my point of view. Um, now I know that that actually happened. So um, it definitely leaves me a little bit differently now that I know that it was real, but um, it was very confusing in the moment. Uh, but I like their dialogue. I thought they were really connecting like the, the the mistake about the was it the x-men mm-hmm. instead of that it being like sonic reference like um i just thought it was very fun they were they had good like bouncing off each one uh each other and i just thought it was it was really fun like i i really enjoyed it i was surprised that they kissed i was even more surprised that they stayed the night in her place like um i i will say i did catch the name of the tea and i was like that's got to be something Sleepy unless time, I was yeah. like, unless I was like a reference that he's asleep and this is still a dream or something. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know if that was the point or, or like she like gave him sleepy tea so he can go to sleep faster. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like, I don't want to hang out with this guy that much longer. So let me put him to sleep. I didn't know what the deal was, but um, it escalated way faster than I thought. And, and this is when I thought like, oh, this character has so much charm and charisma. Like they're in bed already. And like, I'm sure that Ramona is not this like super, super cool girl. That's like too good for, you know, this guy, but like, well, I mean, but just on the impression of like someone from New York, like that gives a cool energy, like, and this is a guy who just like dreams about a random woman. I don't know. I just, it just was like, I wasn't sure how to deal with that, but he just seems so like charming and charismatic. And even in the morning when he's like, can this not be a one night stand? <laughs> one um, thing I didn't get any. <laughs> um, like first of all, he's like, I don't think it would technically count. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I just thought that he had so much charm, and I don't know. Um, like you say that it's there, like there, like the subtleties of of the character are done in Michael Sarah, but I don't know. I, we'll see how how I feel at the end of this. But he was very charming in this in the scene. The um the, the one thing that I would say they're missing, like this is almost scene for scene from uh the the novel and um well volume one or whatever. Uh there's even a reference in here. Uh I, I can't remember what part it's at where he says, Oh, maybe that's a story for episode three or something like that. Uh that's even something that came out of it where they they would make references to the novel saying, Oh, let's not get into that right now. Maybe in a later volume. Like, okay, how about volume three? Like that's something that came out of the books too. Uh, but uh, like everything in the Scott Pilgrim world, like everything you see outside of I, I'm you might even say his dream world is real because it's a subspace highway. Right. Uh, but it all exists in like this weird fantasy world where even in the, the movie, it is like a live action anime series this is a live action video game. You know, uh, there's things like these doors that you could just float towards and they just take. for Oh, this is an American thing, you know. So this could have easily been a reverse situation where they made like like obviously it wouldn't have worked because of Canadianisms and it came from America, but like this easily could have been like, like an anime and then and all of a sudden, Oh, let's do a live act. Like this easily could yeah. have been reversed. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, they've, I think there was like a, it might've been like an animated short or something like that, but there was something animated they'd done before. I mean, not, not before the movie, basically the, the, when the movie came out, these books, I think there was like six or six volumes or something like that, or seven volumes they took years to write. So at the point when they started making the movie, they hadn't finished the final volume yet, which when we get to the movie later in the year, we'll find out about the original ending for that, which changed in the middle of production because they're like, oh, well, this is what we thought. It was very Game of Thrones-like. We're we're filming the end before we actually know how this is supposed to end. But uh, well, uh, that yeah. also like falls in line with a lot of the way that anime works too. Like they will like the, they'll have the story 
and it's not it's being produced as a show oh yeah and, and they'll throw in like filler until they catch back up to the, yeah. the written work <laughs> like it, it it works like like even over there as well mm -hmm. so this is not unusual to have uh, a couple things to add here. Uh, one with the Canadianness uh, about this. Uh, so first of all, when I mentioned about Brian Lee O'Malley, um, it, some of his real life in there, the Scott Pilgrim's. I don't think we get it in this episode. At least I don't remember it. But uh, in both the 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 books and the um, uh, the movie, you see Scott Pilgrim's childhood home, which they literally film a shot of Brian Lee O'Malley, who wrote the books, his childhood home, uh, and across the street from that is where Scott's apartment is. So geographically. This apartment where Scott's living in, which is just one random door in the middle of an apartment complex, uh, it, it, that was actually something real where he was looking out the window and he saw this one door, which is probably like a maintenance closet or something like that. And he just always wondered, wonder if somebody actually lived in there. So when he wrote this, he imagined, I'm going to write what the inside of this apartment, of this door that's just the middle of an apartment complex, like this maintenance shed would actually be. Uh, so there's some of the real things he writes in there. Uh, I'll, I'll, some of the things that uh, I, I will spoil from the movie uh, that we get even more of the Canadianness out of it is that Scott Pilgrim's t-shirts he wears throughout the course of the movie. I didn't wear, I had to, I haven't found it. I got to dig through. I know where it is, but I haven't dug through it. I have one of the main shirts he wears in the movie, which is a, it's for a band called Plum Tree, which is a Canadian indie band that wrote a song called Scott Pilgrim. That is where the name came from. So uh, Scott Pilgrim wears that shirt in the movie of the band who wrote a song called Scott Pilgrim. Uh, another shirt they wore in the movie was CBC Logo, which is like the CBC Canadian Television Network. And best one was that in the movie, he wears a shirt that just says SARS. Uh, of course, SARS scare from like 2004 or whatever, when this was written. That's just one of the shirts that Scott Pilgrim wears. Uh, very Toronto thing to do. Uh, also, the, the the exes that worked in this, because I don't know if you've been caught on, on that. You probably wouldn't at this point because you're not even realizing how much is about these evil exes. But the Professor X, X on the jacket is an X reference. And we get another one here after his not a one night stand when he invites Ramona to um, his uh, his band's gig or whatever, uh, where he's walking past and you see um, a sign for like uh, a business or something like that. And what I write it down is it's called Honest Exes, E-X-E-S. The business is called Onyx X's. So I, I'm, I'm curious as I go through this to find out how many X's I can notice in here because they work those into a lot. You, I'm guessing you probably didn't catch either of those. No, I mean, I was so overwhelmed by <laughs> learning everyone's names and the fact that I'm not only watching, but I'm also trying to read these subtitles and everything. Like, unless they say it, I wouldn't have caught it. Like, I didn't, I didn't even think about what any of the characters were wearing at all at any point. There's one clothing moment that I caught that was outside of that, but that's not even relevant to what we're talking about. Uh, so the place where his band's playing the rocket, I looked this up. It apparently is a real club in Toronto that's been around since like the eighties. Uh, if Kristen was on here, I'm sure she could tell us what band she saw there once upon a time, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It looks like pretty dingy and run down to me. Uh, so uh, it's appropriate. One thing that uh, they changed here, this won't give away too much. But uh, the gig they're playing, they mentioned the band that's going to be opening for them is um, uh, Crash and the Boys. Uh, you actually do get that band in the movie and in the books. They're in the middle of a battle of the band. So they're constantly having gigs where they're competing against another band. And we, we completely missed the Crash and the Boys thing. But I'm going to save the best jokes. J Some of Jamie's favorite parts of Scott Pilgrim movie all come from the Crash and the Boys band, uh, which is just like a one scene thing that they do in the movie. Um so, uh, yeah, when, when, when he gets home, uh, he's talking to Wallace and he's saying he got lucky. Uh, and I love that he refers to as the, the girl of or from my dreams. <laughs> uh, and this is where he says, oh, great. You got to break up with your fake girlfriend. And he's like, oh, 
Uh, so um, he he receives a letter in the mail, and uh, the letter is like, "Dear Mr. Pilgrim, my name is Matthew Patel. I challenge you. Blah 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 blah. Something about fighting. Blah blah blah. League of Borings. <laughs> Sounds like the League of Boring or whatever." And he throws it away. Uh, apparently, another point uh, earlier on, I missed this, uh, and and this actually is the way he receives the news in the movie is uh, his email when he's ordering from Netflix DVDs. Apparently you see like a a message that pops up. You've received a new email from Matthew Patel, but they, they take that out of this one. They only keep the, the, the letter in, which is something that is from the books, but not the movie. Uh, So we get to the gig uh, and uh, when I shows up and this is where she says she's uh, meeting his sister. Now uh, not a lot from the character in this. So I don't know how much you have to base it on, but Scott's 19 year old sister uh, Stacy Pilgrim, who is your guest that plays her? And it's not going to be Chris Evans. Um, Allison Pill. No, it is not Allison Pill, uh, right. <laughs> which uh, I guess we'll get into as the characters become more famous later on. Uh, I will say this, that this person who uh, is playing his sister will um, factor in a little bit later on, not as a major character. So we won't I mean, have like- it was like, like two second scene, like, she had one line I'm, of dialogue, I think, in the whole episode. Yeah, I saw, so. and I don't know how much more we get from her out of these. Like most of the other characters, we're going to get a lot more from. But with her, is not so much. So I'll, I'll give you a hint. I will just say this person is also very famous for an animated franchise where they do uh, a major voice in an animated franchise. So I don't know if that's going to okay. help you at all. We'll see. It doesn't help yet. Know. You're going to continue to think about it. Uh, so Knives shows up and this sister says she's 16 kinds of pumped to see Sex Bomb. And Wallace is like, wow, that's pretty exciting. Doesn't sound like anybody delivered any crushing news to you today. So obviously Scott didn't break up with her. Uh, they talk about crashing the boys, the band flaking. So in, in this version, it's just the, the opening act for them. Uh, so they're, they're all nervous to go on the stage. Uh, and then they're talking about how they can't call it just crash. Now, this might have gone over your head. I, I, this movie was like, I don't know, decades ago. It was like in the 90s sometime. But uh, uh, I think it's young Neil who has a reference about they can't just call themselves Crash. That's the name of like a Canadian erotic thriller about people having sex in cars, okay. which is a, a movie called Crash. Not the not the one that won the Oscar about racial tensions in Los Angeles. This was an actual Canadian movie from David Cronenberg, who's like uh, one of the most famous Canadian directors. The guy directed The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. He made a movie called Crash where James Spader and other people get off on having sex after crashing in cars. Um, never seen the movie, but it is a famous movie. Uh, I mean, but it, I'm sure you could work it into one of these uh, horrific oh. titled month movies that you're trying to work in. Yeah. Uh, having sex in a car month. <laughs> I'm sure we can find that. Oh, yeah, that, that, would, that would kill. Uh, so uh, Ramona shows up and now you got Ramona next two knives neither of them know what's going on and they even ask uh you know oh, oh uh you know oh, how did you find out with the band she goes well i'm kind of seeing some of the band oh who are you seeing and this is when immediately they start uh the the, the concert or whatever they start playing uh now the songs in this are different from the ones in the movie i i actually like to find out where they get the songs from this was the song in english that you were hearing or did they have a japanese song there no when they said like they sang i heard the english it was subtitled with English, but I mean, I don't, it wasn't, I don't think it was the thing people you heard performing, but it, it was like the lyrics weren't in English in your version. No, they were like that. They, they, it was sung in English, but I don't think it was like Michael Sarah and the yeah, yeah. like, well, their version of whatever they, whoever they got. Cause I mean, in the movie, I, uh, in, in the movie, we'll get more trivia of this later on, but, uh, they got an American to write the sex bomb songs. You know, you know who Beck is, right? Her, uh, yeah, yeah. A little. 
So they had Beck write the songs, but then they had this uh, probably uh, at least the most acclaimed Canadian band of all time, Sloan, one of my favorite bands of all time. They got one of the guys from this Canadian band, Sloan, to actually arrange the songs to sound more Canadian. I'd love to find out. I didn't see any of the, the band members from Sloan in the credits, but let's find out who actually did these songs here because in a future episode, we're going to get uh, a little bit of a twist on what they did for another song in the uh, the movie. Uh, in the middle of concert, we get Matthew Patel crashing through. Uh, so we get the first fight here. I love the the shot that they actually do where we're in the fights right about to start. It, it it literally is like Street Fighter, like these static characters. Scott and Matthew are just these static characters who are just moving and it's like fart. <laughs> it's just the eight bit sound effects and everything. Uh, wild guesses to who's playing Matthew Patel out of the cast here. I mean, there's only one that really caught my attention. <laughs> that was Satya. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't so, know how to say that. Satya Babia, I'm going to guess. Uh, I don't know him in anything else, but this is the same guy who plays Matthew Patel in the movie. Uh, so we get their fight scene here. Um, we have him mentioning about, uh, you know, oh, there the, were the evil exes and Scott's all surprised. And he goes, didn't you get the letter? Oh, I don't know. I, I skimmed it or whatever. And he's like, I hand delivered it in the middle of a blizzard. That that came straight out of the book. I, I got a kick when I read that the other night that is like hand delivered in the blizzard. Uh, that, now he goes into the uh, backstory about there were the seven evil exes were here to control uh, Ramona's dating future. Um, it was very detailed in the letter he mentions. And then, uh, Ramona, did you know about this? He goes, uh, I heard about it, but I thought it was a joke. She goes into the backstory about her and Matthew, uh, which is basically, you know, the, the, in the seventh grade, uh, he was the only non-white, non-jock non there. And they fought everybody on the football team. Uh, they only kissed once. They, she dumped him a week and a half later and he only became evil later in high school. Uh, and then something about his mystical powers. And this is where Scott's like, uh, you know, mystical powers, what do you mean? And uh, as the fight starts again, we get, this was where I jaw dropped because I thought, especially with how closely this was following every other story, that it was exactly like, but this is where I'm going to give you the, the first takeaway from, this is not the movie, this is not the book. The fight ends and Matthew immediately knocks out Scott, who turns into $2.10 in Canadian change. Uh, and then you have the voiceover KO with like a question mark on there. Uh, which it, in the movie they would have every single time there was a fight, they would have a KO. Uh, and this one with the question marks, you should immediately know there's something not happening there. And then you just get the final shot of Ramona standing over the $2.10 and Scott Pilgrim is gone. Um, that is not how it ended. So this is where everything going forward is going to take a completely different direction. So uh, thoughts on the second half. Okay, this because this is the second like end of this portion is really like why I was confused about what was... Um like original to the original story what was like modified in this sort of anime-esque because this whole fight thing like read to me as like oh this is their way of like animifying i don't know that's not a word um, <laughs> but like making it more anime than it might originally have been apparently yeah. it's not that far off um but just like the fact that he like busts through the ceiling yeah to like punch and they like i think they like collide like a, a like elbow or whatever like the collision and like the pow like it, the whole sort of fight air quotes like fight sequence of that like was very anime it felt very separate from what i thought was um gonna be here like because based other than dreams it doesn't feel like anything's too out of the extraordinary and then this happened i'm like okay they're just just making this show like they're taking the story and making it more intense um, and clearly they are apparently if he turns into two I, I didn't even read that as him turning into two cents I thought he just disappeared or something but um, we'll see as I'm, I'm only this episode in well 
Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just say I was still scratching my head after the end of this episode. I, I'm going to put this up at the end of the season as a Hall of Fame moment just because this is the moment where it's like, what? What just happened? It is like a KO? What? I'm sure that it, it has way more impact to someone who, who knows the original story. Oh, yeah. And like to see their deviation of it. Um, but yeah, it was it was wild. I was very like the whole s- sequence is very funny. Um, the like, what was it? Knives was telling Ramona, yeah, I'm dating someone in the band and everything was great. And like, oh, she's like, I am too. And then was it, um, what's the friend? Is it Julie? Julie's like shocked. Yeah. That like Ramona, you're dating someone. And like, she knows exactly who it is. Knives doesn't, but just that whole sequence was great. And does someone pass out? Does Knives? Who pa- does knives does. Yeah, yeah. Knives does. Yeah. I think she can't out hear any of this. Yeah. Uh, like that was just great. And then like the whole sequence of learning about the backstory of who Matthew was. Of, of like just like the, this real loner but she just kind of like takes a little bit of pity on him and they start dating for like a week it was just great um and then also like a, the it's very anime to be like there are seven x's or something like that and then he says the, i don't know how it translates how they said it in english but he's like one's more evil than the last Each like more they, evil than the last yeah yeah, like they just get more evil and that just feels very anime or like video game where you have to take down the next boss like you've got the easiest one first and then you go on and on until you get to like the evil villain in the chair kind of moment. So that felt very um, intense. And I'm, I'm not sure what the reference, not references, but like what what the author was pulling from. Because um, I'm trying to date this in 2004. Like you said, Street Fighter. How relevant was that in 2004? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think, I think what he was doing was taking from the stuff that he grew up on and probably the things that like these characters who are in their early to mid 20s if they're in the early to mid twenties in like 2004, they probably grew up on Mario and Sonic and street fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just like now my whole thing going forward is how much of this is like, and like you said, I guess you, you said it's deviated. So I don't really need to worry about that anymore. How much is. Um, well, it's, that's what will get interesting. Cause while it takes a completely different story, the I think as soon as I saw episode two, I realized what Brian Lee O'Malley wanted to do with this version, which is that he wanted to give more backstory and more development to the other characters. Cause really the, the, the book and the movie is essentially Scott Ramona and knives. It's those three characters. They're your three leads. And you have some other supporting characters along the way, but to be able to use what seven more episodes after this to develop a lot of the X's and not just the X's there's episodes that will develop characters like Julie, you know, the, the Aubrey Plaza character who's going to get development in an upcoming episode and things like that. Uh, I, I think he used this as an excuse to develop it without actually having to make either a prequel or a sequel or completely rewrite the story. But they'd still do fine ways to work in who these characters are. And then a lot of little bits and pieces from all the original versions still get put in there. But the, the direction the story takes, definitely very different. Yeah, well, I'm curious to see how much of it is like, I guess as we talk about it, how much of it is not like true, but like similar to how they would have handled it in the mm. like movie and in the original story versus like how much are they going to animify? I'm making that a word now. Animify <laughs> is now a word. Um, just because that whole fight sequence at the end was very like how they would handle it in an anime, I feel like. So I'm very curious. Is that a part of the reference structure of, of the of the story or is this like their own way of making the story more unique on top of obviously like fleshing out more characters than they did in the original. Uh, so a couple little trivia things here before we get to our ratings on the end. Uh, one, the, the title of this episode, Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life, that was actually the first volume 
uh, of Scott Pilgrim. The, the, I, I think the, the whole series is just called Scott Pilgrim or whatever. One of the volumes was called Scott Pilgrim versus the world. The first volume was called Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life. So they just took that name uh, to incorporate in this episode. And that name's going to come up uh, quite a few times. Uh, this is something you're not going to get a reference uh, to right away, but the moon has two holes in it at the beginning of this episode. That's uh, important backstory, which I don't know how much they get into in this one, but it definitely comes from the others. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog thing, obviously, that's uh, playing on um, the uh, the whole thing with uh, Michael Sarah playing the same character. Um, the the uh, a lot of the stuff uh, from the the original versions they're including here. Uh, the title card, so I guess the episode title that comes up is actually modeled after the Super Mario Brothers text. Um, the uh, Ramona Flowers has toys of a troll doll and a plush octopus. Both are references to the fact that they went viral on TikTok. That I don't understand at all. I don't. I'm not a TikTok. Are you a TikTok guy? No, I, I did not catch any of this. <laughs> I'm very confused. Somebody out there who understands TikTok, please explain to us the troll doll and the plush octopus I and mean, what they have to do with the Ramona flowers. Like, even if it like was like in the original, I would have had no reference for it. I don't know any. Like, I, like I'm I thinking said, this I... is like some TikTok thing. Like maybe somebody has an octopus and and. Ramona Flowers in a video together. I don't know. Uh, so I guess that's uh, pretty much it for the trivia stuff. Uh, now, rating this episode is going to be very easy. This will be um, a buy for me. Um, this might, the entire series might be a buy for me. I, I've only watched it once and a lot of it was new to me. So I can't uh, say that 100% certainty, but it'll also be ranked number one out of uh, my current rankings. So currently ranking Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life, episode one, number one. Um, I'm going to buy it. I I was um so 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 like bummed in a way that I didn't get to watch the second episode that I want to try I mean I don't know how we're going to record this but I kind of want to do the episode by episode like and not batch record mm. um I don't know how possible that's going to be but um it almost killed me that I couldn't watch the second episode because I was so hooked into the this first one um and and obviously it helps when it leaves on like a cliffhanger like that see where you don't know what happened yeah. uh but this was so good i, I had I had so much fun it's definitely a a buy um, all right I so I no choice but to rank it as number one so you can't, <laughs> you can't throw it at number three just yet uh so episode two uh will be a league of their own now again when this one aired this is getting into stuff that is not in any other versions but yet i wasn't immediately thinking oh this is going to be a completely different story yet uh it, it's it's I won't give away too much spoilers. I'll just say this is basically Matthew and Gideon post episode one. That's primarily what we follow in this episode. Although we get to some of the other characters as well. So uh, lots of surprises to come. We got eight weeks of this. I'm excited. And I, I, I kind of am interested to do this as a, just a week by week, not actually record any in advance just so that nothing's spoiled. Cause uh, there's some crazy stuff that happens in this series. Uh, other stuff going on. It's basically just 24. That's it. Uh, I don't know if we're going to, at this point, have been able to do a review of Ferrari or uh, Aquaman. Ben and I are still waiting to do that. Um, but uh, have you seen either Aquaman or Ferrari? Nope. Have you seen Wonka? Nope. Okay. <laughs> there will be no reviews with Rossi, uh, but Aquaman or Ferrari, one of them, Ben and I will record uh, at some point. And then next month will be exciting because we're going to get into anniversary month with all Jim Carrey movies. Are you a Jim Carrey fan? Um... I don't know. <laughs> that wasn't very positive. You will be after anniversary month coming up next month. But until then, uh, 24 and Scott Pilgrim stuff. And, and if people uh, are dying to hear from me, 
stay tuned. Amazing Race will be coming back soon. <laughs> um, got a season coming up next, uh, started next year. So is it actually going to be the season that hasn't aired that that filmed like years ago or whatever? Yeah, it's the they swap. They did another second chance kind of thing for some reason, where the the older season got yeah pushed first. I don't know. Uh, and then we still don't care enough about Survivor. Although I will say I'm actually catching up on the most recent season of Survivor. The last two seasons I've actually really liked. So uh, I'm you. You probably are a couple seasons behind at this point. I can tell by the look on I'm your face. Three, <laughs> three seasons behind. Hey, you're you're getting into some decent stuff. I'll just say that. Uh, but that is it. Uh, my name is Colin, and um, uh, I challenge you to blah blah blah. Record a eight-week podcast. Blah blah blah. Boring. Uh, and my name is Rossi, and I hope no, no. Please don't end the recording. I'll turn into two dollars and ten cents. <laughs> Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. 